So yeah, now I'm here in Leipzig and I have my store set up selling my sustainably made fair trade jewelry and my organic. Nice. Because I, I'm also looking around when I opened the door and I was like, okay. First of all, I love your um, your attention to detail. They're very meticulous. Everything's well-placed. When they look at the pictures, they're going to see like, wow. It's like everything's clean. There's no dust or any of your um, glassware, by the way. <laughs> I was like, is she a serial killer? No. <laughs> and then her cabinetry is like all glass and her armoires and her display cases. And then speaking of display cases, she actually has her inserts. She designed her inserts. And then if you look around, you can tell she works with her hand <laughs> because she's about an American. You're like 70 something centimeters. Talk or what? What are you? Uh, nine centimeters. Yeah, centimeters. One hundred and six. Oh wow, that's what I just said. I'm sure. We do. We I'm do. Five nine. Okay, right. She's yeah. <laughs> five nine. I was about to say five nine, five ten. But um, it's so cool because like I was looking around and I was like, wow, everything is like your height. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're handy with the drill. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which I am not. <laughs> so that saves money in America. But um, can you tell us about some of the jewelry that I saw in that case and how did you, what inspired you to make some of those pieces? I'm really just inspired by the making process. Everything that I make is fabricated, which means it's not cast. It's made with wire and sheet and all these raw materials and then soldered together. So my designs come a lot from working through that process. And right now I've been really inspired by kind of the art deco movement so the 1920s kind of style with the clean lines and just really playing with the color with a bunch of different stones it's really what i'm into wow yeah and i see a lot of your pieces they could be unisex too because you know some people are just wearing like little pendants i've seen guys they're wearing pendants women have always worn pendant necklaces mm -hmm. but sometimes we just want to wear like a nice 24 inch chain with something on it mm -hmm. and then you got like this little rings a lot of guys are wearing rings now like mm -hmm. kind of pinky ring what are some of your top sellers for men for men i've sold quite a few um necklaces like you said i don't design my jewelry with a certain gender in mind right completely if, uh, if a man comes in and is interested in a necklace i'd never say that it's for a woman the same with scarves that i weave I think it's about 50-50 men and women that buy them. The pieces that sell best for men, a lot with just that are sterling silver or gold. Not a lot of like stones, I'd say. And yeah, just those clean lines have been very popular. Yeah. And now so you have a little bit of a green thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking down, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, she has plants everywhere. These plants are, first of all, they're well-maintained, <laughs> clearly. Like it, like the owner. <laughs> okay, some of these plants on the floor, she has plants on the floor um, to give you a visualization and also like they're potted in some kind of clay, like right, rectangular pots. Yeah. And then they're like vines, vines. Yeah, those ones actually I put outside during the day. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, it's, I need plants outside, inside, everywhere in my life. So, yeah. That's cool. I love the way you did that because it's like most people take those vine type plants and they put them on top of things mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like, you know, Kind of, I guess, uh, willowed over. <laughs> but Joseph, that's kind of cool to have it on the ground. It's just enough where I'm not going to trip over it either. <laughs> and then um, you have something. Is that, what is that, a mystic plant? What do you call those plants? Uh, the kind of palm. Yeah, a, palm, yeah. a mystic palm. I think it's okay. a mystic palm. Yeah. Those are very hard to maintain, but apparently you're doing a good job at it. <laughs> I think it's the perfect space for them. It's not too the much light. sun. Yeah. Yeah, no. And yeah, 
No, I just, I it was never something I really thought about when I was setting up the store because I designed everything and built it all a bunch myself. And I just, I don't remember the moment where I thought I needed plants in here. It just was what I needed to do. I never really thought about it. It just Why? happened very organically. Yeah, because your place, I mean, it's, I love it. It's great. So then we look over to over to our, our shoulder as we speak, and I'm looking at these scarves, and then I'm looking at these little like what? I'm like where are we? Like I, mean, I see looms where she's like I see different stations with different patterns that are being woven into materials or scarves or patterns. Tell me about this process. Yeah, the looms. I have three looms here in the store, and I work on all of them. And the really amazing thing about weaving is that the concept of the technique of it has not changed for thousands of years. It's the same today as it was back when people first started weaving. So these looms are all secondhand looms that I found here in Germany. And yeah, I, some of them I had to fix up a bit. Technique of weaving is, yeah, the same, the clothes that you're wearing right now have been woven the same way. It's more mechanical and much faster, obviously. And the hand weaving I do is quite methodical and slower process is the exact same, the setup is the exact same, which I think is just fascinating. And how did you get these loans? Where you purchase those? I mean, where does one get a loan? You go on Amazon? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's they're secondhand. So from secondhand websites, a lot of people have them just laying around in their cellar from their grandparents. There was a really big, especially in Leipzig here and a couple other cities in Germany, there was a huge weaving and spinning industry. A lot of people I've talked to in their say, 70s or 80s learned how to weave when they were younger. And there are lots of looms just laying around unused because people don't know what to do with them anymore. Not very many people weave. And what's the, how much would something like that cost? Or how, how did you negotiate these prices? I mean, you have three of them. So like just, they look like museum-type pieces, by the way. <laughs> yeah, some of them I think are over 50 years old. You can still buy new ones, and they'll cost you a couple thousand um, euros. But if you keep an eye open for them, I think the one of the ones I paid 150 euros for it. Yeah, you just have to keep an eye open. And I know what I'm looking for, so that makes it a lot easier when I'm buying them. Okay, new. New, exactly. So... And then how do you come up with the patterns? Are these specifically from pattern? How do you come up with the pattern and colorway of the um, palette? Because, or are they specific to a customer? Do they come up with it? They're like, I want to grain them. Yeah, sometimes I do that. The, the patterns that I use are mostly traditional patterns. So ones, especially from the UK and Scandinavia, there's just all of these really beautiful traditional patterns. And I find it to be just a shame that you know, people aren't weaving anymore. and I don't like the idea of them getting lost. So a lot of them, I do variations on older patterns that I am. Yeah, very traditional ones. Yeah, I see some of them are, um, you have some traditional weaving. But then, and then I also look around, I see some color blocking on some of them. And some of them have like a, almost like a checkered. Yeah, the, I think the colors where I really like to play with them. So the patterns, yeah, I kind of stick to some traditional ones. And then I really like playing with colors. So and when you, now, okay, this color is, how did you get this? Like, you, you have a very um, interesting eye for color. Like, what inspires you when you put together these colors? I love these citrus with that pink. Um, mm -hmm. And I see sea foams with greens or light greens and then lime colors. Like, yeah. how did you think to put all that together? Yeah, I go through, I buy, I have a, a little bit of a problem. I just really enjoy buying the yarns. So when I'm starting a new project, I have this little corner of my store with all of my yarns in it. And I'll kind of just go there and... It's really kind of on the day, unless unless someone has requested a certain color, a customer has requested a certain color. It's really on the day 
my mood. I'll grab some reds and really want bold colors, or I have periods where I just go more for some neutral colors. It, it is really day by day <laughs> based. Have you ever done anything that's just, I see one scarf that looks a little bit like you like going through something melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, by the way, everybody, like she has a, a, a coat hook, a coat rack. I mean, it's hanging on the wall. She's so meticulous. And like, it's, I feel like I'm at home, but it's like those little things that really make people feel like they're in the shop. And she also offered me like sparkling water. <laughs> she has a little refreshment station, which she already knows. I'm sure customer service is part of yeah, your business. And I feel like that's a part. Do you have other people that work with you normally as well? Um, no, I do this all alone, right. all by myself. Yeah. And then, so wow, is this something that you learned in terms of customer service? We kind of have sparkling water and drinks, and <laughs> I don't know. It's just something, like you said, with the setup. I really want people to feel comfortable. I feel like that's how I want to feel when I go into a store. Yeah, I have some like seating for people, and I just want to, I can make it a very comfortable experience. So they don't feel held back with their with their shopping experience. Yeah, have you have you worked in retail before? I have worked. I've worked in hospitality hospitality as well, so at restaurants and in some stores. Yeah. So how you do you feel like you've taken some of that? Yeah, definitely. I feel I don't know, it's different in Canada or in North America than it is in Germany, but I felt I never really liked the experience of people really pushing for you to buy something. I, I want to be helpful. I'm here to be helpful with whatever people need, but I want them to love the piece that they buy. I don't want them to buy it because they felt a little pressure in the situation. I want them to purchase it and take it home and love it. All the pieces that I make, I make heirloom quality so that they're meant to be passed down or worn just for your whole life. And yeah, if I have a piece someone has a problem with a piece or if they accidentally break the chain or something, I'm here to fix it. I want stuff to last. And what's heirloom quality to you? Buying a piece that you intend to wear and cherish. And if there's someone, a loved one in your life that you feel would also appreciate it, like that aspect of passing it down to other generations, just really important to me. I don't want to make things that aren't used for a long period of time. And then with this loom process that you have, can you put silk on there? Um, I can. It is possible. Yeah, I shy away from using silk, but I Ooh, use, why? Um, I'm actually vegan. Silk is not quite vegan, mm-hmm. but I have, there's an alternative, and it's bamboo. It's made from the viscous of bamboo, and it has a very... That and it's softer, of, yeah. Yeah, it has that nice sheen to it, and that's something I use. Mostly when I wave scarves for which scarves? Which scarves in here? Have? These ones, none of them, because they're all like more wintry ones. Mm-hmm. But for like the summer and the spring, I have. Right, the little light ones. Yeah. Nice. Wow. For some of your top sellers, um, what would you say for women are some of your top sellers? For the jewelry or for jewelry and the scarves. Hmm. I have quite a few. Right now, I've been making some necklaces with uh, like a hexagon shape mixed with these. Uh, like very 1920s Art Deco lines, and those ones I've been been having troubles keeping in stock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah, the this like hexagonal shape is something I've really latched onto. I've made a bunch of new displays with this shape. Oh, are you doing? It. You're wearing a lot of jewelry or something. Uh, yeah. Wow. Because you have a lot of. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so you so okay. So that's interesting. So you doubled your rings, but instead of just doubling them, I pushing them all the way to the top. 
you've taken one of the rings and left it at the top yeah, of the finger. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Once in a while. That's it's, cool. Yeah, it's another way to wear them because I had too many rings and they didn't all. I didn't have enough fingers for them. So <laughs> we need a picture of that. Let me see. So we touched on your colors. We touched on your home goods. I'm looking at some of your pillows. <laughs> Look at that. Your pillows. So tell us about these pillows over here because some of this this um, her patterns, guys, are are immaculate. And you really have to have a trained eye to see because she, what kind of pattern is that? Because it's kind of like tiki, some a little bit, like a little tiki meets like. Yeah, what would, how would you? Almost like a tweed too, mixed with a hound's tooth, kind of like. Yeah, it's got, it's also kind of, it's an old pattern that I've kind of played around with a bit. I just, I don't know. Yeah, and it looks like a little tiki, like a, like a statue if you look a little hard. Yeah, when they're sitting up straight. Yeah, sitting up straight. And then, um, but I found, but I was like, because you're so meticulous and you're so like, on it, I was able to. The, this is the first time I was able to really see the break in the fabric. Yeah, there was one spot that you saw it right away. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's, I was like, I'm getting better. Like, cause, you know, as a person that loves design, I rarely see that. And that's when I knew. But for me, that's beautiful because that lets me know it's handmade. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it happens sometimes where you're I'm weaving a piece, you don't notice that you've made one yeah. mistake um, until the scarf is off the loom. So it happens, but it's all a part of the process. But I think that's what makes it more, that's what I think it makes it special. Like, did you do these, um, these, this little seating? Yeah, I bought it secondhand and then redid the whole thing. Oh my God, guys. If you can see this, it's, it's, it's called like a telephone bench. Yes. Very old. Yes. So you can have, yes. Like, you sit down and you're like, let me call my friend. Yeah. When they had a cord so that you had to sit. Yeah. And then it's like a, wow, it's like a short, what color is that short? And that color, it's like a snot, it's like almost like a lime or snot yeah, green like a with a brown, a dark, deep brown. It's a nice color combination, very 70s, yeah, but 1920 vibes too. And I love the hardware on it, it's really nice, so nice. And so, your jewelry making, mm -hmm. we know for your scarves, when you loom do those materials, it takes about eight to ten hours, yeah, the jewelry. The jewelry, it's really dependent on the project or on what I'm working on. Some things are quite quick, take a couple of hours. Um, and then there are more involved ones. It's yeah, strangely enough, like making a simple band ring or something, a wedding ring, very fast. You have the shape, and then you bend it into a form and solder it together and shape it. But anytime I have stones or multiple stones involved, that all takes time. For the stone setting, you really need to slow down and take your time. You don't want to break anything. And what's what's the um, most expensive stones you've ever worked with before? Uh, I've worked with diamonds. Expensive jobs. There's a couple of strange ones that are like there's a Mexican fire opal. It's like oh yeah, they're not super expensive, but like the larger you get, the more expensive they are, and um, they're very fragile. Say so they're also like you have to be pretty careful when setting them. Um, but yeah, diamonds, rubies, sapphires, all of the kind of standard high end. What do you think? You're, um, why are people buying um, those types of pieces from you? Is it really for a special occasion, or just because they just want you know what? Um, yeah, I do a lot of custom-made work. So a lot of people come in, they've seen my work on my store or my website, and they really like the look of things, but they have something in mind. Like they want a special necklace made, make a lot of engagement rings and wedding rings, which is always a really big honor when people, when a couple comes in and, yeah, they trust me. <laughs> like, give me that trust to make something that's Yeah, so of course, special. special uh, but, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, that, that, again, obviously. That's wild. So having you make the engagement ring, that's a memorable moment. Yeah. Where are most of your customers from? Are they just from the area? Yeah, a lot of people um, are just from are from Leipzig here um, within Germany as well. 
a couple outside of Europe, like for my online sales, but it's mostly just people who live in life. Those outlier sales that you've had from online, where are those customers from? Any from the U.S.? Um, I have not had any from the U.S., but it might, like the shipping is quite expensive. Oh, no, I, so I keep hearing the same thing. It's hard thing. to tell if people... Oh, man, I keep hearing the same thing. Yeah, people, I know that people from the U.S. and North America, and originally from Canada, visit my website. You can see that, yeah, the shipping is... I'm, so I'm, everybody says the shipping. So DHL doesn't have a... I thought DHL had a special shipping package that they were doing with small businesses. Not from what I have yeah. come across. It's it's. I've had a couple of um, people order things from Canada. People who are really dedicated to my work, I guess, but it'll cost, um, especially because it's jewelry, so you want to insure it, so it can cost um, 50 euros or something just to ship from there. And wow, that's a, that's a, lot of a profit margin. Yeah. yeah, so it's tough. And then are you, um, in terms of your materials and your stones, I'm sure if it's a Mexican opal or something that you're getting there from Mexico, probably. Um, I do have to order. <laughs> it's one of those ironic things. I have to order quite a few. Of, my stones come from the U.S. right now because oh. everything that I, um, all of my jewelry is made with fair trade certified gold and the stones are all, there's no certification for gemstones, but I have companies that I trust that source them very ethically. And so I have a company in the U.S. that I source from and also in the U.K., which became a problem with Brexit for yeah shipping it. But um, yeah, everything's ethical and all of the silver that I use is 100% recycled. So do you, do you outsource? I mean, okay, so wait, before I get ahead of myself. So you do you locally source any other materials the besides gold, the yarn? The gold is actually, there's a company in Leipzig, one of the only ones in Germany that supplies fair trade gold. It's actually in Leipzig. That was just a happy coincidence. Um, and they buy directly from the mine mm. in South America. So yeah, it's really amazing. It's certified, you know, that the working conditions are good. They get a, the miners get a fair price for the gold. And it does cost a little bit more for my customers to buy it, but it's 100% worth it. Wow, that's nice. That sounds like, a, I mean, that's cool. And you have stories about it too. Have you been down to any of those mines? I have not, no, unfortunately. But like I said, the company here in Live, like, like they make trips over there. They, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're it's very transparent with yeah. what goes on there. Um, are you working with any community service organizations since you, because you seem like you're a part of the community because you're, you're on a cul-de-sac. Uh, guys, I don't know if you know if you can see this, but she's like, like this is just like multiple train lines are coming yeah. through. <laughs> the tram runs right I'm like, Jesus, yeah. it's like a tram, another tram. These electric trains are like, they, mm. like you, you just like a city center over here, so mm. to speak. Almost. Yeah, what district is this called? This is Lindenau. Lindenau. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of, like, I have a lot of connections with people in the other area, other small businesses and organizations. Yeah, but we, yeah. Do you guys formulate a cohort or do you guys have like a little club, so to speak? Or do you guys offer any, like, I guess, like, I guess share discounts amongst each other? Like, where you kind of like create an ecosystem? Yeah, there's, uh, there's um, a couple of stores that run, like, especially in the Christmas time, they've been running Christmas markets. So, like, multiple store owners or craftspeople can display their wares in the stores and stuff like that, um, which is really amazing because I feel like you can see people kind of coming, trying to come together, because especially after COVID and stuff, it was really right. tough for a lot of small businesses here. And actually tonight, I'm uh, there's an event at one of the museums. There's a textile room opening up. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'll be running over there. Wow. And then have you ever, so what are some other things? I see you have home goods, you have scarves, you're doing jewelry. Are you going to do any wall arts or are you going to, because I mean, some of your scarves, I would love to see you just go crazy. <laughs> 
because you have that room, and I'm like, I can imagine you have a glass of wine or something, like, or two, three. You like, you know, some, with some rock and roll music or something, or even some techno. Yeah, because I, mean, I can I... see the scarf. Like, I want to see that. I want to see the change in pattern because I didn't know. You know, I think of that as being a print. Yeah. But looking at some of your techniques, I'm like, she could probably do some eclectic stuff if she wanted to play. Yeah, this um, it's something that I haven't really experimented with. I think I leave a lot of scarves because like of my jewelry background, because I just see scarves as another form of accessory. Yeah, of accessory. And so it just came another thing I didn't really think about. I just started weaving scarves. So yeah, with the pillows and I have a couple of little coasters around. I'm really hoping next year to maybe do some like bigger like blankets. Like a, on a larger scale, yeah. I think it would be really fun to play around with the colors. I'm going to throw. Yeah, exactly. Just well, some wall art would be cool, like a tapestry. Yeah, that, yeah. With that bamboo see. thread. Yeah, we'll have to see. That's and like, what about eyewear? Because I, I have a pair of gold wire frames, too. Uh -huh. I, didn't put in, I didn't put them on when I came in here. But <laughs> you, you have some on, too. I do. Uh, so it was important to me that the gold <laughs> frames, the goldsmith. Right. Bro, can you tell, like... What about what about eyewear? Have you ever thought about that? Because you're so skilled. I mean, yeah. gosh, she has you. You have so many tools. People don't. Yeah. People can't see what I can see. <laughs> I'm like this girl got tools. There's a tool for everything. It's a tool. In the jewelry business. Um, I had thought about it years ago at university. Um, about doing eyewear, but I never, I never really got into it. I think there's just a couple of things like I have to look into about how to hold the the lenses in. Obviously, that's very important <laughs> for glasses. Yeah. But um, it would be fascinating. You should. You should do some eyewear pieces because that, that I mean, that's going to make, you know, eyewear is so huge. I mean, it's a part, mm. so if it's for people's everyday use. And sometimes people have multiple frames, but yeah. your frame is the kind of frame, the frame that I have, they're very rare. I could wear, a, you know, at a black a black tie mm. event or even to work or you just hanging out with friends. Yeah, like some frames, can, yeah, the gold frames, I'm noticing they are, they're fun. So it's like for you, I'm thinking like, I can see like you doing a real cool high end mm -hmm. frame, and you could probably charge well into the thousand yeah, euro. Market. I think that, so. A fifty dollar yeah. euro to the states that isn't. Hurt. Yeah, when it's a large enough or special enough purchase. Yeah, we can nice. eat some of the cost. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that I thought about, but yeah, like I said, I'd have to look more into um, with the the lenses just to make sure. You should look into that because I would love to collaborate. I think we would love. We have team members who specialize in eyewear. They know about different. Um, Lenses and stuff. I'm like, shut up. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, my mom will be like, there's a blue filter. That's scratch resistant. <laughs> yeah. He knows all the different levels. I'm like, because he worked in optometry, okay. you know, that world, um, optometry, like the optomics, whatever you, opto whatever you call it. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, I can't even, like, I just want something that looks good. And, and, mm -hmm. and I had LASIK surgery, so technically I, my friends don't even real. Yeah, it's still good. Yeah, it's still good, and then you feel like dignified. Like, do I know you? Do I really know you? <laughs> I guess. Um, wow. So we covered a lot. Have you? Um, have you? Do you have anything else that you want to add that you're working on? That's something we should know about that's coming into the forefront. Um, right now I've started working on this necklace collection that I again based on that kind of heirloom thought process. They're kind of the like charm necklaces, so for mm -hmm. special occasions, like an anniversary or the birth of a child, mm -hmm. that you can have the birthstone or if you have just the stone that you like the color of, but like a charm to represent each person. And the big part of it being is that they can be added to. So if you in five years have another child, I can make the exact same charm and add it to the, to the necklace. Oh, that sounds nice. So that's something that I've been working on recently. 
And yeah, I just really like the idea of, yeah, it has that meaning behind it and yeah, that that kind of piece that you want to wear every day. And then what other um, materials are you using too? I see, obviously, are you doing white gold or just sterling silvers? Or? Um, I make a lot in sil silver and yellow gold, but any most all of my pieces are my designs. If someone comes in and says they'd like a certain piece in white gold, that, that's Do you do titanium as well? Um, I do not work in titanium. That's something I have not learned how to do. It's like a different technique and I think different tools involved because it's so much stronger. It gets so much stronger from the material. And then, so you just work a lot with the golds, the silvers, any other one? Oh, have you worked with any um, onyx stones? Um, onyx, like the black? Yeah. yeah, I have a couple of, a couple in here. I love onyx. I do as well. <laughs> it's so nice. And then, do you, have you done any plating, like PVDs? Like, have you worked with any of those? Everybody's wearing engineer jewelry and laboratory, like diamonds. Lab diamonds, I have not worked with any, but I know I've, I have a couple of sources bookmarked in case people are interested in that. All of the diamonds that I buy also ethically sourced. They come from Canada, which is right. funny because I moved away from Canada. My stones from Canada. <laughs> so they're very, like on the scale, they're very ethically sourced. Um, but I do offer so some alternatives to diamonds because not everyone can afford diamonds. And then a lot of people don't, you know, diamonds have a very interesting past, to say the least. So it's kind of like, do you really want to support that? Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to support that. Like, you don't like the silk because, you know, you're vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very open. I really, that's one of the best things about my job is having these conversations. Never, it's rarely just someone coming in and saying, I would like this and this. Right, and being transparent. Yeah, it's having a conversation with people and saying they really like this, this piece, but a different stone would be interesting or they, they have a different color they want and then we can discuss options for that and that's something that I find yeah to be one of the best aspects of my job is like coming up with solutions for people and how long have you been in business um I opened the store at the end of 2018 and then how long and then so you've been at this location which yeah. is a gorgeous location mm -hmm. and you made it through the recession pandemic and now back to another recession yeah it was what open advice? for one <laughs> over one year before right. COVID, so that was and, yeah, then I, and then i'm in you and then i'm in germany i'm like oh my god this is like only a hundred dollars <laughs> like everybody's like what are you talking about that's a lot of money i'm like salad's 35 dollars i got it <laughs> like you know the dollar's so strong you know normally when you come to germany you be broke i'm yeah. like oh my god I'll hang out in London or something, and I'm like, oh my god, I spent like three hundred dollars, and it's really two hundred pounds. Now mm -hmm. it's like I'm spending like really like only a hundred bucks. Like it's crazy. Like yeah, it's so it's like it's a different world for me. Like to be able to you know to be like you know to see things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess what do you think? You what would you I guess uh, how would you say what's the main thing that you think is what when the main attribute that you possess? that led to your success? Um, I think that that personal connection with people. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a lot of return customers and yeah, that kind of connection and openness and willingness to discuss my work and kind of work with customers. And I think it was also very important that I have like my studio, my workspace for my jewelry and the looms are all right in the store. They're, nothing's hidden, you can see everything. And I think that builds a lot of trust with people because they know that it's been made here. Yeah, you're not hiding from us. Exactly. And they Or at least we don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much space to hide in here. Um but yeah, because I think a lot of people they wanna they come to me because they want to know who made a piece. I think that's the 
And where did you get this strong sense of self? Because a lot of young women and people who are marginalized in this world, they have to really learn how to have a strong sense of self. Because, you know, we're not socialized. Particularly women weren't always socialized to be like breadwinners and being yeah. strong. And I mean, you're a very strong, like, you're very elegant and feminine, but at the same time, it's like, don't get on her bad side. <laughs> I can tell. Well, I really appreciate you saying that because that's one of those things I do not feel that way. Yeah, but no, you you give a year, you punch your leg right now, by the way. Making sure I get a gun around here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, but it's interesting to see because the way you, you present yourself, you can tell in your body language. Cause sometimes I try to tell myself, stand up straight, level, pull your back, back, you know, get your posture together, but mm -hmm. your posture is very good. You know what I'm saying? You're very strong. You're not like, where did you get this from? Like, where did you, your parents, your mom, your grandma, like, is it a family thing? It's you have. Are you come from a family of jewelry makers or um, artisans? No, my mom is very artistic. I came up. I grew up always making something, always doing something with my hands. Does she dance or something? Does she do anything else? No, she also does. You no, know, just a lot of craft. And I grew up also. I think it was important. Like we had a big garden. Like that was also a big thing. Just always doing something. Always working with my hands. My father was very into the garden and that was just a big part of my life and i think it just made sense i never questioned because garden is colors things. too like yeah and, and it's also a placement yeah you don't want to grow like you know certain like carrots i'm, I'm you know next to jalapenos mm -hmm. you know you get that field blend of like a spicy carrot <laughs> <laughs> your carrot be all sassy no you didn't <laughs> maybe it's a good thing um but yeah no i just always doing something that was creative i guess Wow, and that's awesome. You're so well poised. It's so cool to meet. I mean, it's so amazing actually to meet somebody that's very young. So it's very that it comes across as so poised and elegant. Thank you. Because a lot of times people think younger people can't be that way. Mm. It's, it's complete direct opposite what you yeah. think. And um, yeah, so like you're like you know you're, you're like leading by example. Um, what words of advice would you offer an up-and-coming person or a person aspiring to be in your shoes? Um, just really trust in yourself and um, don't give up. I feel like it's really, no matter what you choose to do in the world, there's always challenges. It's There's a lot of stuff that, I yeah, really knocks you back. And you just got to kind of find a really good support network. I have a partner who's very supportive and... Yeah, I think it's just very important to really push for what you your dreams. Do you have one trial or tribulation that was really difficult, and how did you overcome? One of if you them. could share. <laughs> um, well, the whole COVID thing was quite. I don't know. I think it was different in each country, but here there was over half a year where I was completely closed, and then the other half of the year where people had to prove that they had been tested that day and a negative test and make an appointment to come and see me. And so rules were changing every couple of weeks and you had to keep up with those. And as a small business owner, it's just very overwhelming to try and do everything correctly, but at the same time, try to stay in business. And that was, yeah, it was pretty dark times. <laughs> wow. So you had to do all of that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think about that for brick and mortar. Wow. Yeah. Cause the, the certain regulations about hand sanitizer and, distances and signage you had to have up and plans you had to have in place in case you wanted like a customer had COVID and reported it to you it was just all very it was a lot very overwhelming I guess well wow put I guess that concludes well that's all the questions I have <laughs> because I feel like you know you answer everything and I mean you're really doing it like 
you're organized. Thank like, you. It's really, it's really, it's like Jesus, girl. And she has boxes and handles. It's like really great to see that. Like, you know, sometimes you go on the fashion designer's world, mm -hmm. it's kind of like messy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a jewelry maker's world. They can either be real messy or they have like, you know, they have like a little compartment. Mm -hmm. And you have those too, but you also have a lot of like, you know, non compartments. And it's like, wow, she's really on it. So it's just really great to see. Um, I'm sure that organization lends to your success. Mm -hmm. And also helps you with like keeping your you know a clear mind. Yeah, I think that's what's. Good.